What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch Davis Show.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. On today's podcast, going to be joined by the president and CEO of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Greg McCarty, will be joining me momentarily to talk about the exciting matchup between the Clemson Tigers and the Kentucky Wildcats in the 79th annual Tax Slayer Gator Bowl on December 29th there in Jacksonville, Florida. Again, I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the MitchDavisShow.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Find the podcast on SoundCloud at the Mitch Davis Show. And also check out Instagram and Facebook at the Mitch Davis Show as well. Again, I'd like to welcome Greg McCarty to the Mitch Davis Show, the president of C- and CEO of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Want to welcome the president and CEO of the Tax Slayer Gator Bolt, Mr. Greg McCarty, to the Mitch Davis Show and former Georgia Bulldog Athletics Director. Mr. Greg, how are you doing? Welcome on the Mitch Davis Show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy bowl season. How's all the bowl preparation going down there in Jacksonville for the uh, 2023 version of the 79th annual Tax Slayer Gator Bolt? What's well, going great? We've got two schools that are uh, uh, big brands as far as Clemson, who has obviously been at the highest levels of college football for a number of years. And we've got Kentucky that uh, the job that they've been, they've done and Mark Stoops at Kentucky to elevate their program among the higher echelon of the SEC has really been remarkable. So uh, two big brands here. It should be a great game. And uh, we're honored to have both in town. Let's talk about the game a little bit and what makes the, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl so special. You have the ACC and the SEC, two of the most historic brands in college yep. football. Talk about those conferences and what it means to you as a football fan to now represent those two conferences, putting them together. Well, what it really translates to is you're going to have two really strong teams every year, uh, the majority of the time. Uh, sometimes you're going to have maybe a team that doesn't draw as well, but uh, we just are able to provide a, a great environment for young men, young women, staff, children, uh, with the hotels they're staying at at Amelia Island and Marriott Sawgrass. Uh, and really, we don't overschedule their time. They're staying at two premier facilities, and so it's, it's a little downtime for them, time to walk on the beach. Uh, hopefully, we'll have great weather as far as that goes. But, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of activities uh, that are really team-oriented, that really are coordinated by the team. So we don't try to keep them on buses and transport them all over the place and, and let them kind of dictate how they'd like to spend their time here in Northeast Florida. Looking at the bowl week preparation and looking at the bowl week for the student athletes, what does bowl week look like for the student athletes first and then second for the fans as well? Well, for the uh, the young men that are practicing, they're, they're going to get in some practice time, and I think it's really beneficial for the, the guys that are uh, not your in, within your depth chart first or second string. I think it really is beneficial for those young people that uh, have a chance to get in part of the 15 extra practices that bold teams are entitled to have. And, and really they'll practice either in the morning or afternoon, depending on what time they would want to. And they have a trip out to Mayport if they desire to go and top golf, if they desire to go. So really it's, it's a time to where they can, they can kind of spend whatever they want to from a fan standpoint, 
you know, we always talk about the beaches. And if you're coming to Florida, that's what the first thing you think about. So from Ponte Vedra Beach all the way up to Neptune Beach, uh, you certainly got everything you desire. And if you want to make a trip down to St. Augustine, it's only 30 minutes away. So you've got the ability to uh, to spend time at great restaurants, great shopping, go to the beach or, or go have a little cultural trip down to St. Augustine if you desire. I want to ask you about the selection of these two teams. Obviously, the Kentucky announcement came out a little earlier yeah. because mm-hmm. of the, the shockwaves that sent through college football, yeah. leaving Florida State out of the playoffs. Uh, talk about that. Talk about what the selection looked like for y'all, uh, especially in a, a weird year like this year. Well, Mitch, as you said, the SEC choice was pretty clear once uh, Ole Miss moved up into the New Year's Day six game. So uh, we knew we had Kentucky about 130. And uh, the ACC was in a little different boat because I don't think really anybody anticipated after the, the Knowles won on Saturday night that they would not be in the top four. So it definitely was a domino effect because it kept only one ACC team up in the New Year's Day six. And it dropped Louisville down to our pool. So, you know, through a lot of uh, contractual language and whatnot, it ended up to where Notre Dame was kind of the odd team out of the four, uh, the four-team pool where you had NC State, Louisville, uh, and Clemson. And uh, so there were some options there. NC State couldn't go back to San Diego. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame could not come here. So. It ended up to where Louisville went out to the West Coast, NC State to Orlando, and then Clemson here. So it was uh, musical chairs there for a little bit, but finally around 4 o'clock there was some clarity, and so uh, the announcement came pretty quick after that. Now looking at this bowl and obviously looking at the future of college football, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the expanded college football playoffs. I know there's been a lot of talk about quarterfinal rounds and bowl games being uh, involved uh, what level is the tax layer Gator Bowl, Gator Bowl going to be involved in the CFP going forward? Well, I think you have to wait and see how it works out to where the uh, the teams that are hosting the first round, this five through eight seeds. You know, if you look at the weather up in the northeast, this uh, up in the north part of the country this year, it's not really very good. So if you have Notre Dame hosting or Michigan or Ohio State or uh, Penn State, someone up there. Can you imagine hosting a game up there uh, in that weather? And so maybe if that becomes a factor, that may entice the committee to review that procedure and maybe go to warm weather climates or indoor facilities and and kind of predetermine those four sites. And then you could blend into your traditional New Year's Day six bowl games with your quarterfinals and then semifinals they're, they're they're your six bowls your traditional six new year's day bowls so i think we would be in line especially uh not until probably 2020 28 when the renovated uh, and totally new stadium comes into play here in jacksonville so there's a chance but it certainly won't happen for us until maybe 28 at the earliest Last uh, kind of hot topic, and then we're going to discuss your career at Georgia. I want to ask you about NIL uh, with, the, with the bowl games. And we've seen yep. so many different things. We saw last year with Cheez-It, giving the guys boxes of Cheez-Its and all that. How does NIL and, and now bowl opt-outs and bowl opt-ins kind of play play a factor in, in the bowl game selections? Well, I've always been a firm believer that uh, I think Clemson's bringing 125 young men down here. 
and if you have three or four people that opt out, I promise you there's someone waiting in the wings to have an opportunity to step on the field and play. So I don't worry too much about that. Uh, we, we don't believe in having to compensate individuals to show up in our bowl game. That's just not part of what we do. Uh, I think it's uh, – I think you've got young people that want to play the game. They love the game. They're not doing it for, for money, I don't think. I think some are, but, you know, anybody that's played a sport, grown up playing a sport, whether it be tennis or golf or whatever, you do it for the enjoyment, first of all. So if somebody doesn't want to enjoy that experience and more power to them and we'll get the second or third string and probably get a better performance from that person on down the line that's trying to prove themselves rather than someone playing, trying not to get hurt or maybe not giving the full effort that uh, deserves to be played. Jumping back a little bit into a time capsule, and, and during your time at Georgia, I want to yeah. ask you about the hiring of Kirby Smart, That uh, what kind of went on during that hiring a little bit. Looking back, uh, kind of walk us through that story a little bit of the hiring of Kirby Smart. Yeah, well, it was about eight years ago, so time really flies. Uh, but really, I mean, the, the great thing about uh, Kirby and the University of Georgia is the, there's already a strong relationship in play. Uh, Kirby had been a phenomenal player at the University of Georgia, a great student, had coached with Mark Rick there. Uh, so there were no unknowns with Kirby or his family. Everybody knew Kirby. So uh, even the president, President Jerry Moorhead, had taught Kirby uh, a class at the Terry College of Business. So it wasn't a meeting, someone saying, well, tell us a little bit about your story, blah, blah, blah. It was more or less, uh, you know, Kirby, we'd love for you to become our head coach. What would you need to have in place so as long as we made the commitment from our end to fully support him uh, we felt like that things could really happen that would anybody have thought that the success he he's had was predictable no I think uh, we all felt very confident in his ability to lead the program and maybe elevate our program but you just never know. I mean, there have been hires that have made. I mean, everybody probably thought Scott Frost was a no-brainer at Nebraska. Uh, you see it all the time to where things don't work out. So it's a gamble, but it certainly was uh, – uh, we did not think it was a high-risk gamble at all with someone that we knew so well that had been an assistant for, uh, I think, longer than anyone under Nick Saban and certainly – uh, the type of person that Kirby was uh, knew that it would be a good match. And so we were very confident in that. A couple more questions I have for you about Georgia. I want to ask yep. you your favorite memory is serving uh, as athletic director and serving in that Georgia athletic <laughs> department. What has been, what was your favorite memory during that time? Well, I think there were two that, uh, that really kind of ring true. And, and really it was in 2017 when Georgia uh, played, at Notre Dame, uh, that was Kirby's first big, big road win. And uh, the Georgia fans really took over uh, the Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, it was an incredible experience. And that same year, Georgia won in double overtime over Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. So to check those two boxes in 2017 and then um, probably the best home game environment ever, 2019, when Notre Dame came back to Athens to play. Uh, that game, uh, and Georgia won both games, which certainly added to the to the environment. But those are just memories from a football standpoint that will never be duplicated. And then 
once I retired in December of 20, that's when all the great things started to happen with Caribbean National Championship. So maybe it took me getting out of the way and let Josh Brooks take over and certainly provide the leadership to, to take that next step up that mountain. I want to ask you about two Georgia guys, and I've got a fun question to wrap it up after that. Larry Munson and, and Coach Dooley, uh, two guys that are iconic with the Gator Bowl and Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. Talk about those two guys and the impact yeah. he had on you and your career in college football. Well, I've, I was a, just a young boy hanging around Georgia athletics when I was like 10 or 11 years old, and Coach Dooley came to Georgia in 1964. So uh, I was born in 54. So 10 years later, uh, I knew who Vince Dooley was and I hung around, hung around and just was kind of a jack of all trades, master of none as a young boy. And that, that relationship developed through high school and college. And uh, after I became employed at Georgia in 77, uh, once Coach Dooley took over as AD after Jewel Eves retired, then Coach Dooley elevated me up the administrative ladder and uh, just no one better to have as a mentor, uh, someone that did remarkable things at the University of Georgia and a great man and uh, someone that we dearly loved. And uh, we're sorry he's gone, but just so fortunate to be able to uh, serve under his leadership. And then somebody like Larry Munson, who was uh, iconic. And uh, Larry and I had a great relationship. Uh, I always admired the work he had done. And so we, we both encouraged each other to exercise. I know uh, Larry was one that he loved those early morning walks on game day. I don't know how healthy they were because he was smoking cigar when he did that, but uh, had a lot of fun with Larry and um, just what a, uh, a golden voice and someone that will probably live as one of the greatest play-by-play uh, homers that you'll ever see in uh, college athletics. But certainly uh, those two men uh, meant so much to, to everyone at the University of Georgia and will, will always be remembered as two of the best. Last question I have for you, and this is a two-part question. First, what does the University of Georgia mean to you personally and your family? And second, what does college football mean to you, you know, over your long-standing yeah. career in the sport? Well, uh, the University of Georgia and Athens in particular, that's where I was born. And uh, both my parents graduated from the University of Georgia. They both worked at the University of Georgia before they retired. My brother and sister both went to the University of Georgia, graduated. My wife uh, graduated from the University of Georgia. So a lot of uh, a lot of fond memories. And, uh, you know, the institutions meant so much uh, to our family. And then given the opportunity to serve as uh, the leader in the athletic department for a decade was kind of the, the cherry on top of the, of the Sunday. Uh, so just remarkable memories of University of Georgia and college football has has meant so much. I mean, the experience that you have as far as the bowl experience, uh, our family has been able to experience between the years at Georgia and the years at Florida of every really bowl experience you could ever imagine. I mean, you go down the list, there are 43 bowls right now in play. And uh, I haven't been to every bowl, obviously. Uh, some are, are smaller in nature, but you just go down the list from, from the Rose Bowl to the Sun Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, you know, Dallas, Miami, all really all all the, the big stops uh, we've been able to be a part of. And it all harkens back to college football. It's a great game. Of course, it, it has its uh, 
uh, its negatives and um, and the sort of the warts right now, so to speak. But all in all, it's a great game. Uh, the the excitement that it's generated as far as just people watching the games, attending the games, and for these young men that play the game, uh, it means a lot to everyone and certainly is a, a wonderful enterprise. He is Greg McCarty, the CEO and president of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Greg, thank you so much for coming on the mission. So, Merry Christmas, and I wish I could see you down there in Jacksonville in a few weeks when Kentucky takes on Clemson. Okay, Mitch, thanks for your time. Merry Christmas. You have been listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. I've been your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch Davis Show.com, podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. A very special thank you to our guest, Greg McCarty, president and CEO of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Uh, really exciting matchup between the Clemson Tigers and the Kentucky Wildcats. In the 79th annual Tax Slayer Gator Bowl there on December 29th in Jacksonville, Florida. Again, I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Check out the website at themitchdavisshow.com. And again, thank you for listening to the Mitch Davis Show podcast. <laughs>